like I just like school like let me like school but you know I thought it was like you know she just used her journal as everything like there's like shopping lists in here and there's homework lists at the end of certain like uh entries and then you know she's just so oblivious to what's going on around her like it's very clear I think my favorite part about it is that it takes three books for her to realize that her best friend's brother is also in love with her. And welcome back to the Book Jar Podcast, where both me and my friend Megan discuss book-related news and topics on a bi-weekly basis. So basically how this works is each week we uh, pull a topic out of our book jar right there, and uh, then we discuss it in the following week. So last week we pulled out a topic, um, and it was what books do you think made you the reader you are today? We're going to get to talk about that in a second. Um, but first, I'm going to actually let my co-host here say something. Hi. There you I'm go. I'm here. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> we are here. Uh, and our next, uh, before we actually get to this topic, which I'm actually super, super pumped to um, talk about. This when we pulled one. it last week, I was really excited. Um, I do want to discuss what books we've read recently. Yeah, me too. Um, I think I should go first. Because I um I had a problem. So I I I was reading the Sailor Moon mangas and I, I was at number four as we discussed last time. And then I decided, you know what would be fun? Is if I just binge them all in about three days. Just so, the funnest. Yeah. The funnest thing ever. <laughs> so I actually I'm not gonna do an in-depth analysis of um all seven of the books that I finished reading since last I time. I walked in and I was like, what are those? <laughs> those are the books you're talking about for this podcast, <laughs> yeah. right? This, this is yeah. your most, no, these are my, yeah, my reads. So uh, I finished five, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven, and 12. And no, I did not skip a number. I don't have 10 right now. Mm-hmm. So I did do a little bit of research and that was where the anime that's on Netflix uh, actually ends. So I skipped right to 11 because that was all the new content. And that was like what I was most looking forward to because that was the stuff I didn't actually know what was going to happen. Like the rest, I was just like, oh, this happened in the anime. It's almost frame for frame. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was actually really interesting getting to 11 and 12. Uh, My 10th one did come in today, though. So I'm very excited. I'm going to probably binge that tonight. It'll probably (laughs) take you an hour. Let's be honest. Yeah, (laughs) I think some of these took about... Like, between 45 minutes and an hour to read. Um, You're so fast. Yeah, manga is extremely quick. Any sort of manga, graphic novel, I tend to read really quickly. I won't go into too much detail about all the ratings. I will say that 11 was probably my favorite. So I did rate that one the highest. I gave that actually four stars out of five. Why is that one the... Uh, I your just, favorite out of all I really thought that they pulled together a lot of the elements that were discussed throughout the rest of the manga into that one. It was kind of like a really moment of growth for um, Usagi or Sailor Moon. And you started dealing with a little bit more like mature topics okay. in not such a flippant way. Mm-hmm. 
Um, also, it was, it might have just been because it was new as well, right? Like, I didn't know what was going to happen. So I was, like, yeah. actually really invested instead of being like, oh, yes, this is the part where, you know, she levels up or whatever. Yeah. So that was really good. I thought 12 was interesting. I, I actually really like how they ended the series, but, like, I don't know where else they could have taken it. Because, like, anytime she defeats an enemy, it's always, like, the stakes are so high. Yes. And yeah. then, so they were, like... A little bit of spoilers, but they're basically like the entire universe is at stake. Instead of just like the planet or the galaxy, it was like ev- everything. Like everything will go yes. to this big bad evil guy or gal or gal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the stakes were incredibly high, and then so so that was like really interesting. But you know she's gonna pull through at the end, so like. You can make the stakes as high as you want in a Sailor Moon manga. Like, I'm not really that concerned. <laughs> right? No, it's like, nobody's going to die. Nobody's going to die. They're going to solve it. They're going to solve it. They're going to figure it out. So, yeah, I did read these seven books. Um, I do So, I mean, it just happens sometimes. <laughs> how did you do? Uh, how did I do? Well, I got through one book, and I'm pretty proud of myself. <laughs> because I am a much slower reader than you. And yes. usually it takes me... A- yeah, about a week, two weeks to get through a book if I'm making the time to read it. So the one I read was actually a recommendation from you. Mm. Borrowed it from you. Surprise, surprise. And it's an absolutely remarkable thing by Hank Green. Yes. Um, I'm really excited to hear what you thought of it, actually. <laughs> like, you can, you can see it on my face here, but I'm grinning. <laughs> well, to be honest, this is not a book I would normally pick up. It wasn't for me either. Yeah, for... For many reasons, like, I'm definitely, like, a, oh, this book is a pretty book. I want to pick that up and read Mm -hmm. it kind of a thing. And this one is, you know, there's not, it's just the title. Unless you know what's happening in the background, which you wouldn't know unless you read the book. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really good. Yeah. I I actually really enjoyed it. Like, he's a pretty good writer. I really liked Hank Green. Yeah. Writing. Loved that. The characters were all, like, important to the plot. Yeah. Like, they all had a reason to be there. They're all, like, kept things going forward. Um, yeah, it was just a very unique idea overall. Mm-hmm. I would say I gave it four stars for, like, that post-reading story. Feel. Yeah. And I think it's just, like, because overall, like, the main character is, like, I don't know. Like, she's she's got some issues. Like, <laughs> yeah, I liked. I don't want to influence your decision here. So I'm going to let you talk. But I, I, I do want to kind of just touch on this one after yeah. words um so go ahead well just like I found that you know she, like she's kind of going against her own principles and morals that she stood by at the beginning of the book to like further the story to like be famous and like you know protect these carls in this book but I don't know it was just very interesting yeah so what was your overall rating overall final rating was four and a half stars I still gave it really high because I really enjoyed the story I really enjoyed yeah how unique it was mm-hmm. and yeah it was just good and you know there's gonna be a second book we know that it's right here yeah it's right Hanging here out yeah and I'm excited to see where it goes and yeah she redeems herself I guess is kind of yeah it's kind of left really interesting at the end there so the funniest thing I have to say about this book is when I picked it up the first time. So you know me, I, I've been 
a big fan of Hank and John Green for years. I think it was actually in like 2010 when I first sat you down. Um, I was house sitting for somebody. I remember this quite vividly. And I made you watch an entire Blog Brothers video. Yes. And like actually several of them because they were four minutes long, which was my selling point to you. <laughs> and I remember you had an expression on your face that you have a lot when we hang out and I have something I'm obsessed with and you're trying very hard to love it as much as I do. <laughs> and I I appreciate the attempt there, but I, I knew it wasn't as much your thing as it was mine, but I've been following them for so long. So when he said he was coming out with a novel, yeah, he, di he didn't say novel, he said book. So I was like, oh, cool. He's a scientist. He mm -hmm. is well into the science community he does all sorts of teaching stuff like they did SciShow they did all this stuff and so I assumed with zero research that when he started talking about his book coming out I was like oh it's gonna be like this beautiful not like beautifully yeah. written nonfiction piece and then it was called an absolutely remarkable thing and I was like this is probably about life yeah this is probably a non-fiction book about life <laughs> so wrong <laughs> <was> so wrong. <laughs> and then I picked it up and I remember picking it up uh, well, I remember ordering it actually, and then I opened it up and I was like, oh, it's fiction. Oh, it's science fiction. Oh, this yeah. is so not something I yes. ever would have grabbed if it did not say Hank Green on the cover, which is hilarious because I enjoyed it so much. Well, and it just, it's like you do see all those parts of his life, like in there. Like you do see his science side in there, mm -hmm. and like the computer side of him in there. Like even like the artistic appreciation side, like mm -hmm. the, like, and it sounds like even her obsession with social media, like I know that's something that he has talked about lots in his videos and on Twitter even is just like, he gets so obsessed with it. And like, mm -hmm. there was a point where he was just like so obsessed with like Twitter, like he just had to get like, he would just kind of tweet what like, and he wasn't really filtered. And so I thought that that was really interesting. And it was just kind of this beautiful, like, I don't know, insight into his mind while also telling a great story about a different character who felt real. Yes, for sure. I, yeah, I, I honestly really liked all of it. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, you're going to read the second one then, I imagine. I want to. Yeah. Yes. I, uh, I need to reread the first before I read the second, and then you can borrow it. Yeah, I'm really excited to see how he takes the story forward. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm interested, and I know it's quite good reads, so that's what I've heard at least, so I'm very excited for that. Right. Uh, anything else to mention? I, I guess we should put our little book reviews into our yes. completed reads jar. Let's do that. We really should loosen these lids before. Gotta they work get really on your, firm on there. Your finger strength. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. And then we have uh, this week's topic. So we mentioned it earlier, but it it is what it, books do you think made you the reader you are today? Um, I was really excited, as I said before, when we pulled out this topic, because I knew there would be some overlap. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And I also knew that there would be some that, you know, I took to that you didn't take to or I got different lessons from that you didn't really love as much. And like, that's just so beautiful in and of itself. I do want to just go straight to the one that I know is on both of our lists. One, because we've already discussed it. But yeah. <laughs> two, because you lent me the book. Yes. And uh, I thank you every day of my life that you <laughs> lend me this book because I just think I was so obsessed with it. This book is just, every time I even like research it or look, even look at the book, I just get so many 
good memories from mm-hmm. from it. And like like I kind of want to tell this story because like obviously you know the story, but it wouldn't be a book that I would ever pick up at least before. Like here, where's my? I know we're we can't show this. Maybe I'll post it on our Instagram. Yeah, so for sure. Can see it. So it's definitely very old looking cover like it's not there's nothing on it it's just the main character sabrielle and that's the name of the book by yes yeah, we will have a picture of this on our instagram account which is uh the book jar pod for yeah. anyone who's interested but yeah so it's very like you look at it if you don't know what the book's about you honestly wouldn't even understand what's happening no. on the cover like at all so i would never pick it up but the yeah. reason that i read it was because i was actually reading another book that i'm going to be talking about later the Golden Compass, I was picking up the third book to that. Right. Um, and the girl that worked there, she's like, hey, if you like strong female characters, I got a recommendation for you. And of, at the time, I was probably like, I don't know, 15 years old. And um, I yeah, like I, I just wanted something easy to read, basically. Like I was just getting into reading all that stuff. And she gave me this book off the shelf. And first I was like, not not my thing. Yeah. Not my thing. But I needed a new book to read anyways after I finished um, The Amber Spyglass is what it's called. And uh, so the rest is history, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So to describe this a little bit for the people on the podcast, uh, again, picture on our Instagram account if you do want it. But it, it is basically... Uh, a person. I never, I never even knew, like, it was very, like, she's just a person wearing a blue dressy shirt mm-hmm. um, with, a, I didn't even realize that there were bells for the longest time across her chest. Yeah, it just looks like jewelry. I don't even know. And she's got, like, not. stringy black hair blowing in the wind. <laughs> like, it's not like, greasy looking. Almost. Yeah, it's not the normal, like, fantasy heroine either who's, like, beautiful yeah. and, like, always, like... It's not bright just, colors either. Like, yeah, no, like, it's, like, dull yeah. blue, and then there's a black figure behind her just with little slits for eyes and maybe a hand reaching out towards her, and then there's, like, the grossest yellow color in the background. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember when you handed out. me this book, I had pro- probably the same reaction you did when the person in the store handed it to you. And I was like, I'm not going to enjoy this. There's mm-hmm. no way. This looks so old. This looks so outdated. It's going to be so bad. And then it became one of my favorite novels. And I actually just fully remember like reading it and just being like, holy shit like I think I was in maybe probably about grade eight or nine yeah and I just remember being like I didn't know you could do this with a novel like I knew novels could be great and I knew they could be amazing but I didn't know they could have so many great elements at once Mm -hmm. um because my earlier um kind of indication of fantasy novels was was really just the classic it was it was Harry Potter yeah which was Fine and dandy, uh, but like I, this was so well thought out. There was not a part of me that didn't believe that this world just worked, and that he had thought of every nook and cranny, and like the world building just felt so crazily good, yes. but still really unique. Like this could exist in real, in real life. I feel like yeah, like, like you know what I buy into it. Like live. the logic, <laughs> yeah. is there, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and I remember, yeah, I just really think it also just 
it pulled together everything I love about novels, right? It was a great story. It was a great plot. It was great writing. It had amazing characters. Mm -hmm. He wasn't afraid of making characters look stupid or weird or sound stupid or weird. And I actually found that really interesting because, you know, it was it was a lot of, you know, if you did see female characters, they were very like beautiful and their hair was blowing in the lusciously in the wind and they yes. they had you know, the most beautiful lips and eyes and everyone was, like, obsessed with her beauty. And, like, that wasn't really mentioned with her. It was just, mm -hmm. like, she was this girl who could control death a little bit. Just a little bit. And I liked, like, I really love her as a character. And I know we're going to go in depth with her because we gotta. There's no way. But <laughs> she was not afraid to make mistakes. Like, she was, had this huge, like, basically saving this kingdom was yes. what she had to do. and. You know, she just got thrown into it, but she wasn't afraid to, like, trial and error a bunch of stuff and show yeah. that, like, you know, she's, like, 18 years old. She's coming of age. She's trying to figure out life. And I just loved that because I could relate to that at that age. Yeah. Like, I wasn't saving no kingdom. I wasn't saving no but kingdom. But I was trying to get through high school, and it's similar. Yeah. It's stressful. <laughs> well, and, and, and then there's a scene, so this is maybe slight spoilers, but uh, where she releases Moggett's, mm. like, collar. Yeah. And you don't really know what's going to happen. You know it's not a good thing. Like, you kind of know, like, something's going to happen because Moggett is, like, really asking her to do it, and it just feels a little evil, and then she unleashes, like, a beast. Yes. And you're like, what? I remember reading that and being like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> Like, honestly, though, what what the hell just happened? Because, like, that that was nuts. And then and then she just kind of was like, okay, but that was necessary. Like, she just accepted that she did something that was bad. Yes. Fixed it and, like, just went on with life. And I was like, that is so, like, we're not going to just obsess over the mistakes you made. Like, we're not going to talk about how that made you feel ugly. Like, it wasn't. Yeah. Like, it was just like, oh, she did it and she had to. So now let's move on. And, and then she recovered from it. Also, it has just such a sweet little love story. Oh, and I, I just, love I, I love Touchstone and Gabrielle so much. I, well, I don't know. I wrote down a couple of lines and, like, again, kind of spoilers. But, like, there's this one scene where he just, like, kisses her cheek. And he's like, for luck. For luck. Just a healthy relationship. Thank you. <laughs> and, then, and then later he's like, oh, I don't know. This, you just have to read the book. I can't even go more um, into it because it's just so good. And, like, I yeah. just feel like we can't do it justice. But I, I certainly can't do my favorite scenes justice. But I, I think it's a great story. Uh and I think it's one of his best. I've read some of his other works. So the author is Garth Nix, but they're they're not nearly as good. And maybe it's a little bit of the nostalgia. I will totally admit to that. But yes. I've also given this book to a lot of people and and then be like, what where the hell did you find <laughs> where did this come from? I'm like, I don't know, it's just my little it's like my little secret. <laughs> and, and it's like, I just want to say, like, this book was published in 1995 originally and it looks like it but it's just it's so timeless like it's gonna yeah. be one of those books that I could read 20 years from now when we're like super advanced in technology but I can still like this will still be relevant yeah I just love it so that's my thoughts on it yeah I I totally agree so I knew that was one that we had overlapping I know there's another one that we have overlapping so this is this is a classic. I we like to shit on it, 
it's a book we like to make fun of lots. Um, but it's it's definitely Twilight. Yes. Uh, so I remember reading Twilight because everyone else was obsessed with Twilight. Like, I definitely, I was not one of the few people who was like, oh, I liked this before it was cooler. I was, like, very much the one falling into the trend mm-hmm. as they had already announced that they were making a movie out of it and all this stuff, right? Uh, what, what drew me in about Twilight is that it was one of the many books, and I have this problem, clearly. I have read seven books over <laughs> since we last recorded a podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the many books that I could not put down. Yeah. And so I found that that was really, really um, one of the things that I, and I just wanted a story like that again and again. Like, I just wanted that addicting of a story. Mm-hmm. Looking back on it now, there's lots of problems with it. I mean, you can't really talk about Twilight without talking about the fact that, like, Stephanie Myers really had no business <laughs> writing <laughs> that that novel there was a lot of things she had no business writing but yeah like and i don't think this sorry i just totally cut you off but in in comparison to sabrielle like i don't even want it to be in the same conversation because i would give sabrielle to my niece when she gets old enough to read a book like that Mm -hmm. i would not give twilight to my niece (laughs) it was it was instrumental to my reading uh history and story it was not, it's not instrumental for my nieces. She doesn't need to hear that. She doesn't need to think at any point that a guy stalking her is okay. Mm-hmm. She doesn't need to think that, you know, um, like she just doesn't need to encounter a lot of the things in that book. Yeah, 100% agree. And like, I'm same boat as you. Like, it was one of those books that I just couldn't, I couldn't put down. And I remember I did read the book before they announced the movie. And I just remember thinking, like, these actors, like, they're going to get so famous from it. Yeah. Just because of the type of book it was, how hyped it yeah. was. And they were, like, no names, like, Kristen Stewart and forgot the other guy's name. <laughs> Robert Pattinson. There we go. Robert Pattinson. Clearly. Who everyone knew as the guy that? from Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knew. Like, so they were basically no names when they got these roles. And I just remember them casting them, like, first of all, they're perfect for the role. I don't know. I thought they suited those characters well. I actually really, and I know lots of people love to love on Robert Pattinson hating the role of Edward. I always found that quite rude. He was very vocal about it. I didn't love that. And I, whatever, like, I think it's funny and he's not wrong. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying these characters are great people. But there was something that just irked me about it so much um, and maybe that's just because I don't think Kristen Stewart could have said the same things and had it received as well. But yeah, that makes sense. And she clearly also kind of didn't love the role at yeah. all times. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that that was um, something that kind of came across through her her acting. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I that That always bothered me a little bit. But maybe that was just the part of me that was like, Still in love with the character, even though I the character so. is not very good. I think and he's just, right about all of his yeah. complaints. And it definitely, like, when we were reading it and we were at that age, it was, like, those that character in that story it was, like, you know, like, I was obsessed with it. I, I had yeah. to get the next book, and I had to sit down and read it for hours and hours and hours until it was done. Mm-hmm. 
So I could see how, like, at the time, yeah, it's like with this actor that's playing one of your beloved characters. Yeah. He hates it. And you're like, why? I don't understand. And then you get older and you're like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I do agree. I think it was one of those books that anyone who's a strong reader now, I think they either read it and hated it and that's fine. Or they read it and loved it and then later hated it. And that's also fine. And if you still really love it and you have a place in your heart for it, I totally respect that too. Mm-hmm. I I don't have a lot of respect for the writer. So I struggle with uh, promoting the book because I just, I, I think, I just, th- I yes. think, I think she's kind of proven that um, she really shouldn't have been writing about some of the stuff, especially the, like, uh, any line with Jacob, like, that was so ill-researched and, mm-hmm. and not well done, and she basically got props for it because there wasn't a lot of people writing or including indigenous voices at all so any level of it was like oh good job yeah yeah um, on the back for you yeah. so i struggle with that now looking back on it but it is one book where like i haven't picked it up in years but like i'm always tempted to just because i know i'll just I'll read it in one sitting and i'll laugh about it and i'll think that some of the lines are stupid but i will finish the book yes yeah. You know? I know. It's just one of those books that everyone went through that phase. And it's a part of our history. Part of our history. <laughs> uh, I do want to talk about a few that I read when I was younger as well. Um, I don't think you had quite the same obsession with them as I did. Um, so The Princess Diaries definitely mm-hmm. made me the reader I am today. Yep. <laughs> this is... Uh, I'll also share a picture of this to our Instagram account, but... It's worn. It's well-loved. It's, it's well-loved. <laughs> this is a well-loved book. It is cracked along the spine. The edges are getting that nice, like, softness from, you know, having been picked at a little bit too much. I loved this book because, one, it's so much better than the movie. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's just such an easy thing to say, but holy shit, did they, like, not do it justice in the movie as much as the, the book is? And the thing I love about it is how so teenager it feels. Like, reading this as a teenager, really just, like, it did feel like, yeah, this is kind of how I talk to my friends. And this is kind of how I think about stuff. And she didn't really like, like, I always struggled with it because she really liked reading and she didn't like math. And I always struggled with those characters because I just didn't. Like, I liked both, so I was like, I don't understand. Like, I just like school. Like, let me like school. But, you know, I thought it was like, you know, she just used her journal as everything. Like, there's, like, shopping lists in here. And there's homework lists at the end of certain, like, uh, entries. And then, you know, she's just so oblivious to what's going on around her. Like, it's very clear. I think my favorite part about it is that it takes three books for her to realize that her best friend's brother is also in love with her. And in the movie, they really fast track that, obviously, because it's one movie. But yeah, um, they, <laughs> I just, I always loved that part where like you could see him, like he would ask her questions while she was writing it. And she'd be like, oh, Michael's asking me this question really weird. I'm like, he likes you. Yeah, obvious. <laughs> but as a teenager, yeah. like, I also probably had those moments where mm-hmm. like, I was just so oblivious to the things that were going on, on around me that I was like, oh, 
wow, I really, if I would have just paid a little bit more attention. Yes. And I, like, you lent me that book and I remember reading it, but like, for me, I, I watched the movie first and yeah, so the, it kind of changed my perspective on the book, it, yeah. but I remember really enjoying it. And I love, yeah, I loved the idea that it is a diary. Like it's, it's unique. It was something different that from what I've read before. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like the diary format isn't always used really well, but I really liked it from a teenager's vantage point. Yeah. There are certain points where I'm like, oh, you're clearly kind of trying to progress plot here. And like, you know, you can't write things down this quickly and have a conversation like, and, and it got a little unrealistic, but like that was all forgivable because the characters felt really vibrant and you know they got into fights like like you get into fights in high school but like like she was constantly getting in fights with like one or two of her friends because you know if something silly like one of them said something in a weird tone and I was like oh I totally remember that like that and in high school at the time I was like oh my god she's so so being mean to me like you know you take her side now rereading it I think it's hilarious because I'm like yeah like I just really we went through yeah, I really yeah. enjoy it. Like, to this day, it's just a, it's a really great comfort read. Mm-hmm. Another movie that, a uh, book that got turned into a movie and um, I did not enjoy was uh, Ellie Enchanted. So this is by uh, Gail Carson Levine, or Levine. Um, the movie sucks. I hate this movie with a burning passion. I don't mind The Princess Diaries. Yeah. The second one, I hate. But the first one was fun. Ella Enchanted, the movie, like, ah, so different. It's so different. Even, like, I I watched, again, I watched the movie before you lent me the book. Yeah. And to me, I was like, this is not what I was expecting at all. Like, I loved the book. Yeah. But but the movie ruined you. It's, yeah, it's just like, it's not the same. Like, it's a fun movie. And the book itself is great. It's just so different. Like, I don't know. I can't It's even. not really a fun book. And I think that's, yeah, that was, not. they got the tone wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what bothers me the most. Like, I can talk about the plot points that they messed up. But the biggest thing they got wrong for me was the tone. For sure. Because the tone of this book is very, it's, it's very adventure. Mm-hmm. Like, this is an adventure novel about a female protagonist who is trying to figure out how to break her curse. And I talked about this in our last podcast as well. It has one of my favorite, uh, my least favorite tropes, but the only way I've ever seen it used really well, which is break his heart to save him. And it has that at the end. And it's such a touching moment where she has to do this thing that she doesn't want to do to save someone. And that in, in, in and of itself breaks the spell. But I just, I think this is such an enchanting story. I think it's so much fun. I've reread it like recently and really still enjoyed it, mostly for nostalgia. Yeah. But like, this is a book, again, I would give to my nieces. Like, I would tell them that this is a good book to read. Like, yeah, read Ellen Enchanted. Like, it has everything you want there. You know, it's a girl cursed with obedience and basically a discovery of why that is so harmful and why just willfully, like, just listening to people without thinking it through is so dangerous. Yeah. I I just think this, I, I, I've been, I search for this feeling in a book. And I remember actually very recently, I, the, 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 the next book that has come close was Spinning Silver. Okay. Yeah. Because it was just a little bit fairy tale esque but it still had that really great story, that really great writing. But I, I just search for this 
type of read where it's just magical enough that it's progressing the plot, but it doesn't take it over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, love it. That's such a great book. I want to reread it now. <laughs> um, so one of the books that I read, like I read this book back in grade six, and it was probably my first like fantasy series that I ever completed. Um, and researching it actually as a fourth book, but I didn't know that at the time. There was only three. And it's called The Land of Elyon. Um, the first one's called The Dark Hills Divide. And I lent you this one, and as soon I as know. you saw it, you just had... It's one of those things where, like, (laughs) like, you read so many books, and then sometimes you forget about them, and you pull this out of your bag, and, like, one glance at the cover, and I was like, I I still, to this moment, do not remember what happens (laughs) in this book. I remember sitting on the bottom of my I had a bunk bed that had a futon on the bottom mm-hmm. when I was younger I remember reading it on the futon like I this book <laughs> I have no idea what I you could ask me plot gun to my head couldn't tell you I can tell you I've read that book I know and it's and that's how I felt when I was researching it. I'm like I read this book and I remember loving it and I remembered bits and pieces so I just like went through the summary I'm like mm-hmm. oh right that's what happens but it basically it's like definitely would recommend this for like 10 to 12 year olds like right especially to get into fantasy books because I feel like I wasn't really into reading for a long time because I wasn't enjoying what I was reading like they were mostly just like real life kind of like oh this is an eight-year-old this is what they go through you know like, yeah that time of your life whereas this was like a girl my age and she found this magical stone and she can talk to animals now. Like, who wouldn't, when you're 10 to 12 years old, want to talk to animals? Yeah. Like, it was just such a cool, adventurous book. It was, like, the first time that I was reading, like, um, like a, like a more well-developed world that wasn't Earth. Mm-hmm. Or, like, what I know of Earth. And, like, there's just lots of characters and, like, different, like, magical elements and stuff that I just never seen and seen along with my reading. So, I don't know. It was just, I just wanted to talk about it because it, I, I just, that's where those feelings of fantasy come from for me wanting to read fantasy. Cause, yeah. Because the start of it. And I love it. Would recommend if you're looking for <laughs> a gift idea. <laughs> I will say, um, so we have to talk about one of the most, for, for our generation, I, I don't think there's any person who didn't at least try to read Harry Potter. Yes. And I feel like that's where a lot of people got into their fantasy um, journey. And I want to talk about Harry Potter for a different reason. I don't want to mention the author's name um, because the author does not exist um anymore (laughs) (laughs) um which we can talk about in a later podcast that is maybe devoted to that kind of topic but I don't want to I don't want to get distracted here so the reason I loved Harry Potter was Harry Potter was the 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 moment that I realized I was good at reading (laughs) and this is a little bit of a snarky story towards my brother and I apologize to him in advance for this <laughs> but I remember I wasn't at the age where like like the age recommendation for Harry Potter like I wasn't there I, I don't remember what the age was but I was like a couple years under under it and um somebody had bought it for my brother because um my parents were trying to get him more interested in reading and he didn't really like it and uh, he 
tried to read it and he hated it. And he hated it because he wasn't very good at reading. And so um, Hagrid's way of talking was really confusing oh, for yeah. him, mm-hmm. which is totally, totally fine and like totally valid because it is actually a really confusing way if you're still learning how to read or learning how to love to read. Yeah. Which was what he was kind of the portion he was in. So he didn't like it. And then I remember my dad was like, oh, Marissa's a really good reader. She should read it. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, when you're young and you just like, somebody says something nice about you and you're like, hey, I'm this. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those moments where like, I'd always loved reading, but now I was like, somebody could give me a book that said like, and said it was like a little more challenging. And I was like, I'm, I, I don't care. I'm going to, I'm going to read yeah. this book. Um, yeah. I didn't find it challenging because I, I read a lot. So like that was part of it. But I remember reading it so quickly my brother was so pissed at me. <laughs> like, he was... I remember him being like, don't talk to me about it. <laughs> Which was kind of fair. But I but I was honestly in love with it. I thought it was so cool that there was magic and all these things. And I just... Like, it was such a cool world. However, that is not what made me love fantasy. Like, that was what okay. made me love reading and just getting through stories and being able to share it with people because it was getting really popular around that time then of course the movie came out and then it was yeah a hit yeah and um so I I enjoyed it I loved it it's definitely one of the things that made me such a voracious reader that I am but it wasn't the fantasy that I like I don't think that book got me involved in fantasy the book that actually got me involved in fantasy I would pull it out but it would make this stack of books behind us fall down because yes. it's at the bottom um it was called Arthur the Seeing Stone okay so it is a, a retelling of the story of Arthur uh King Arthur and it is told through this um magical stone that lets him see into King Arthur's life so there's this little boy named Arthur and he meets up with his friend Merlin. Um, and he gives him this stone. Um, I'm definitely paraphrasing here. So this is, yeah. it happens a little bit <laughs> more complicated fair. than that. But, uh, and through the stone, he can see the story of King Arthur. Mm-hmm. And he starts to realize the ties between his life and Arthur's. And, and he tries to figure out which characters are the same. You know, like, um, you know, who is his Genevieve and who is his, you know, like all these people. And he's trying to make these comparisons between his life and Arthur's. But I just remember being so obsessed with the fact that there was this, it was like written in medieval times, but then it was flashing back to a world of magic. And, and it was, and, and just this like relationship in the book with how it dealt with the fantasy world. I remember that being like, I, I just want to read more of this. Like, I want to find another novel that deals with this so well, that has such a great story that it just feels so perfectly written that it just, like, pulled together so nicely. And I know a lot of people had that feeling about Harry Potter, and I loved Harry Potter. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember being like, I didn't know it existed like, one, I didn't really know this fantasy existed elsewhere. Like, I was still really young at the time. But, like, yeah. but that it could be almost even better. Like, it could be so good that and have nothing to do with 
triwizard tournaments and mm-hmm. wands and stuff like that it could just be this like magically embedded world like i just thought that was really amazing and it's like a world is it like a world like harry potter it's like you you do magic at hogwarts you do magic in the wizarding world yeah but is this book like it's just everywhere like the magic or were they doing well like- so it it was it was very unclear whether there was magic in like your main character arthur's world other than the fact that he had this like magical stone that he could see in right. the past. And also that um, like Merlin, he didn't really know if Merlin actually did magic or if it was just tricks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking back at the world of King Arthur, then you you see kind of more of the magic coming about. And so it was also this really great question of like, like where is the magic? What it, where does it exist? Is it real or is it just like a trick or a or does that matter and so it was like very slight magic and I loved that because it was it felt real but then it just felt a little bit better you know what I mean yeah yeah for sure that's a sweet book I don't think I've ever read that I remember you like talking about it I think I tried to push it on you at one point and uh but you were you had so many books with such great female characters (laughs) that when I was like read this book about all these men you were like I think that's it "Mm." I think that's it. I was just like, no, I just love my female protagonist. You're like, I'm going to be reading Savriel for the 250 <laughs> yeah. times, actually. Yeah, we can talk about this Arthur fella. I, I don't really, know. I don't really want to read a medieval book. <laughs> it was a hard sell, and I feel like that's also, I remember, I don't even remember why I picked it up, other than I think maybe I liked the cover. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I remember being there with my parents, so maybe even one of them was like, "Hey, this looks good," and I was like, "You're gonna buy me a book. I'm not gonna argue." Yeah. <laughs> kind of situation. Yeah, but yeah, I uh, yeah, I was a little bit young to be reading those books though, because there was um, it's not quite a sex scene, but it was very implied <laughs> that they had sex, <laughs> and I remember being like, <gasps> like and I was like, this. "Do I tell my mom?" <laughs> Like, this is inappropriate. <laughs> so I, I was a little bit young to be reading those books, but they, the, I've, I haven't actually reread them recently, but mm-hmm. I've reread like passages just to look up like certain things that I remembered. And like, I'd, I'd love to actually just straight up reread them because I think they're fabulous. Yeah. But maybe I'll force you to read them maybe. instead. <laughs> and then we can have a discussion about there you it. Go. Um, all right. So another book for me, this was kind of like the first adult book I've ever read and probably like the first like it forced me out of my comfort zone and like made like showed that I could be a strong reader basically okay for me so that's uh the story of Edgar Sawtell have you ever heard I've actually never read it or read it so the only reason honestly I picked this up was because it was Oprah Winfrey's like book of the month whenever it came (laughs) out (laughs) so very good it's been a while um yeah it's it's a depressing book so you'll appreciate this it's based on William Shakespeare's Hamlet oh I do love that yeah yeah so obviously if you know Hamlet it's not it's a tragedy right that's what he calls him yeah it's a tragedy yeah (laughs) and so is this book but I just remember loving the adventure of this boy so this boy is mute and his father dies and he's murdered. It's not really a spoiler or anything, but he can't like explain that to his mom and tell his mm. mom about that or anything. So he has these dogs. They're German shepherds. They like train these dogs, which first of all, 
one of the main reasons I wanted to read it was because of German Shepherds, because I grew up with German Shepherds. I was like, I have to read it. Um, But if you like dogs and you don't like them dying, don't Don't, read it. Don't read that book. Um, So yeah, like I just, it was his journey after, you know, something happens. I don't want to spoil it or anything in case anyone's wanting to read it. But he ends up running away and he's like living in the woods with his with these dogs and like coming to terms with what has happened. And it was just, yeah, there's a lot of like interesting themes in it. I remember um, like just being through the characters like he's mute. So it's like, how is he going to communicate a lot of these things other than like he does use pen and paper to like get things across. But when your mom is so in love with your uncle, like. That's that's a complex it's, situation. It's a complex situation. And like, I was like, I don't know. I want to say I was probably like 13 at the time when I picked that up. So I'm like, bro, I feel you. Like, I don't know how I would even like start with that either. This is a great question, man. <laughs> but yeah, I, I always want to recommend this book to people because it was just like, just such a good book. But then I remember like the ending and everything that happens in it. And I'm like, it's freaking sad. Yeah. And... I don't know. I don't even think. Well, I'm maybe I'll get it. you to read the Seeing Stone, and then I'll read Edgar Slaughter, yeah. and then we can have our little appreciation for each other's formative novels. I feel like we should because, yeah, like I would although I feel like that, I go, but... I'm giving you a much happier story. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you like you're gonna appreciate that because you know, I would though. you you love like I know you probably read Hamlet. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> Hamlet's actually one of my favorite Shakespearean plays. Um, which I I do want to mention this right now. I I don't have, I don't actually have a copy of the first Shakespearean novel that I read, but Mm -hmm. I would consider that one of very formative to my reading, um, because it was the book that made me realize like how fun Shakespeare can be. Yeah. I know how that sounds. (laughs) How fun. I love Shakespeare. If you ever want to appreciate Shakespeare, just like sit down with me for a little bit. Cause I feel like I have made many, I tutor and you know this, I've made many students somewhat appreciate at least, if not like Shakespeare, which is always just fabulous. Like when you can make someone going from, oh my God, fuck Shakespeare to, wow, that was such a good like play like I totally get everything he's saying like that feels good yeah <laughs> but the first one I actually read which I would consider a very formative book for me was uh The Merchant of Venice mm-hmm. and it's not my favorite Shakespearean play uh I do appreciate it on many levels not my favorite but I just remember reading it and understanding it and being like this is like really cool the mm-hmm. way that this is written and this is really amazing the way that he's saying things and that he's not just saying them straight out. Which then I read Hamlet and I was like, holy shit, there's a lot happening yeah. in this book and it is fabulous. And I feel like, yeah, because my only Shakespeare experiences were in school and yeah. I just, you just don't have the time and like the teacher can only explain it in so many ways and like you can, you really need, I wanna just, this is a whole other topic teachers don't teach Shakespeare in the right way they don't tend to because they're trying to get through a curriculum yeah on their best days they're just trying to get through a curriculum on their worst days they don't understand it either yeah and so they're just trying to get through the unit um and it's really frustrating to me as somebody who really likes reading Shakespeare but it's also really frustrating to me as somebody who wants people to be able to understand 
um, very, like, that is the height, this is going to sound a little elitist, but it's almost the height of reading comprehension. Right. And it's such a good exercise in reading comprehension, which is why I still think that students study it. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't like the stories and you think that, like, whatever, I won't argue that maybe we shouldn't be studying Shakespeare anymore. I totally could go for that path. And I love Shakespeare. But I just, I want it to be more about, like, how you read different types of writing. Because there's so many different types of writing out there than something that just easily makes sense. And, like, that's what I love about Shakespeare. And I think that's why people still study it is it, it gets closer to a poetry unit or something like that, where you're actually having to look at it yeah, both line by line and as a whole to mm-hmm. understand the whole picture. And there's something really beautiful about that. Um, you can tell that I love Shakespeare by based off of how passionate yeah. I feel about that. <laughs> yeah. I will happily talk about that um, in more depth, but there are a couple novels that I wanted to mention, um, and we're approaching the end. So I'm going to kind of rush through my last couple here. All right. Um, so uh, last one for my, like, formative child books was uh the um i'm gonna butcher this because I, I don't think i've ever said this word out loud the ersatz elevator okay yeah ersatz please please don't make fun of me if i'm saying that wrong actually please do it'll be fun it's fine <laughs> we've all had that moment as readers um it's by lemony Stickett, so it is actually the sixth book in a series of unfortunate events i read it before any of the other books um because somebody gave it to me I thought it was fabulous. I did not know you could break the fourth wall like he does in novels. I didn't think that was loud when I read it. And I thought that was against the rules. I thought it was fun and then I got tired of it. And then I thought it was fun and then I got tired of it. So I thought it was really interesting that somebody could write in a style that I didn't necessarily like and I could still enjoy the novel. Yeah. And it made me way less scared to try new books because I knew I could get through them even if I didn't really love them, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um... This is a book of poetry. I have to talk about it. It's uh, Nets by Jen Bourbon. Um, So I've always had a soft spot for poetry. Uh, this was actually a novel that, or uh, sorry, a book that we had to look at um, when I was in university in my creative writing degree. Um, it is a type of erasure poem, which an erasure poem, for those who don't know, is where you take some sort of um, text and you pull things away or you literally cross out words in order to make it into something new. And what uh, Jen Bourbon has done in this novel is she has taken all of the Shakespearean sonnets and um, just bolded certain words to create new poems out of the, um, the sonnets. And it is such a beautiful book. Um, I've always really been a fan of erasure, but I never knew it could look so beautiful and sound so amazing. Yeah. Um, it's used a lot for like political purposes or kind of social justice stuff where you take something there, but she really took it to a new level, I feel like. And I, I just can't recommend this book enough. And it, again, I've been chasing for poetry books that do this ever since. Uh, two more of the Lover's Dictionary by David Leviathan. So this is a love story told through, told alphabetically. Oh, cute. Yeah, so he takes a word and then breaks down what it means to the relationship. And through the entire course of the novel, you understand what's happened by the end. Um, But you have to read through the whole thing to really get the whole picture. It's a fragmented way of telling a story. And this was one of the first times I'd ever seen somebody really mess with the chronology of a tale and do it so well that I still understood what happened by Mm -hmm. the end. 
Um, this is also a favorite book of mine to recommend to people. And then the last one, which is Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. <laughs> Uh, it's really only on the list because it was the first classic novel that I read where I realized it wasn't, classics didn't have to be boring. Mm -hmm. And I, there's so much to unpack in this novel and some of the parts of it aren't necessarily good or I wouldn't recommend or, you know, they're problematic in today's world. But I just remember being so addicted to it and being like, wow, so these can actually be good and I don't just have to read them because they're like classics. Yeah. Anyway. Those are my last couple. I don't know if you have a couple more you wanted to mention before uh, we talk. Just a, yeah, a couple more. Um, I just want to bring up The Golden Compass by Philip Pullman. Gotta do it. Um, that was definitely a controversial book for schools. Like, we read it in school, but mm -hmm. we did, like, little mini groups. So it was, like, five people were reading this book. And I didn't really understand, like, the whole, like, anti-church nuances in it. But I loved reading it because I just loved the fantasy. I loved the world building. And mm -hmm. I I just loved these ideas that their soul were these little animals. And I just thought it was so cute. And I yeah. just, I loved everything about it. And like research, re, like, yeah, re-researching it. I just, I don't think I appreciated as much as I did when I was reading it mm -hmm. as I think I would now. So I really want to actually reread that book. It was definitely one of those books that I enjoyed reading in school like compared to the majority of books we read in school mm -hmm. so it made me want to read like the rest of the series um and again it was like a strong female character as the protagonist so I just really enjoyed that um so I'm probably gonna reread that honestly like loved that book um I won't go too much more into it so I'm sure I'm gonna talk about it later podcast but then my other one like I'm actually gonna change it but this book here so random. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. <laughs> I've never heard of so this book. So it's called The Murder of Bindi McKenzie. And it's written in such an interesting way. So it's kind of sort of like The Princess Diaries. Like it's, but this one's written in like emails or posters or like, mm, yeah, just any kind of, I don't know, alternative text. text. Really, yeah. Right? So, and I remember picking it up and being like, so weirded out by it because I'm like I've never read anything like this ever before in my life and it doesn't make sense because they're from different point of views and stuff like that but I wanted to include this one because like like I said I really love like kind of murder mysteries and stuff mm -hmm. like that and this is probably one of the first ones that I've read like that and it's done in such an interesting way and I think that's why I just love reading them now it's because of that that's basically what I say about it that's it, eh? <laughs> All right. So, yeah, those that was a lot of books that we that covered. That was a lot. Um, we'd love to hear from our listeners about what were your kind of formative books that changed how you look at books or made you the reader that you are today. Um, so check us out on social media for that. Again, we have an Instagram account. Safest to hit us up there. We don't really use any of our other <laughs> social media accounts yet. So uh, that is uh, on Instagram, the book jar pod. You can find us there. Uh, otherwise, I think we got to pick a topic for next week. Yeah. And also what books we're planning on reading. And tell us what books we're planning on reading. So I'm going to go first with that one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to just say that I'm going to definitely get through Sailor Moon 10, even though that's technically a backpedal at this point. <laughs> uh... <laughs> um so i'm gonna get through sailor moon 10 
even though that's technically a backpedal at this point, uh, but it did come in finally. So <laughs> I feel like I should read it just to clear off the series and then, then we'll see where we go from there. Sounds good. Um, I'm going to read Iron Widow by Sharon J. Zhao. And it's been pretty popular on like Bookstagram and TikTok and stuff that I've seen lately. Um, so I'm excited to read it. I honestly picked it up because I loved the cover. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. We've all done it. We say we don't do it, but we do it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to draw this week's. Oh, so okay. let's let's go from there. Okay. <laughs> well, next week's, I guess. What is your what are your go-to genres? Oh. By Jen. That's a good one. Yeah. I feel like most people kind of know what our go-to I think we figured it out. Genres. We might have to yeah. dig deep for this <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> All right, perfect. Uh oh, I won't put that back in there. Um Yeah, so that pretty much brings us to the end of this episode. If you liked what you heard, make sure you give us a follow on uh, social media. Again, we have an Instagram account, uh, the book jar pod. If you want to get your question put into our book jar, uh, we do add them if you send them us, send us rather a quick DM about it. Um, so we'll get it added to the jar and we will say your username and everything when it comes up. So definitely make sure you do that if you have a question you want to ask us. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I think we will end it here today and yes. we will... Good discussion. We will have more Good. chats soon. Yay. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.